Welcome, everybody, to the second-to-last, well, not necessarily the second-to-last episode of the podcast, but the podcast to cover the second-to-last um, episode of the Friday Night Lights uh, series as a whole. Um, I'm Blake, and with me today is Lyle. Hey, what's going on? All the way from South Carolina, and we apologize for uh, being a little bit late on this one, but we had some sickness over the, uh, over the weekend. I think that knocked us back a little bit, but I think everybody's feeling a bit better now. Uh, Lyle, are you back on your feet completely? I'm on my feet, but I was on my butt for like three or four days. <laughs> and uh, we asked everybody if uh, if you're of the praying sort to, uh, to lift up a prayer for Russ. He and his wife are in the process of trying to adopt, or in the process of adopting a child, a daughter, over in Ethiopia right now. But they've ran into uh, some snags with the, the legal side of things and uh there's just some some co- things that need to be passed through court that are uh seeming to have a bit of a roadblock so uh just uh we were thinking about russ and pray for him so we asked everybody to pray for he and his wife um as they're able to bring their daughter back home as quickly as possible but um anyhow today we're going to talk about the uh the 12th episode called texas whatever um and it um again it seems a little bit slow this episode uh but i guess they're just hoping to have a big splash with this final of the of the season, did it seem slow to you? Uh, yeah, it kind of seems like they're building. It's like almost like it's going out with a fizzle instead of a bang. Yeah, I'm a little I'm, bit. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, I guess that's just the nature of the show. I guess it's just always been the kind of a plotting kind of show. But I guess I guess we've been conditioned by big finales like Lost and all this kind of stuff where it builds to a – and, you know, we watch Dexter and all that kind of stuff. The mm-hmm. end of each uh, season. season builds to, like, this crescendo, you know. Um, and I, that's just not Friday Night Lights style. But it is – I don't know. It's kind of – I don't want to say a letdown because it's holding true to what it's been from the beginning. But it does sort of feel like a letdown. A little uh, bit. You know, from hearing people say that, you know, that, that do know how it ends, I, they've said that there's – that they think that we as viewers will be pleased. We as fans will be you know, appreciative of how it does end. So I haven't lost faith, but at the same time, I, I'm a touch nervous to see how it is going to happen. You know, but they, they did quite well. I think we mentioned before how season three ended, where it was an ending, but it, it still was a good launch pad in case there was something else. But it still seemed to wrap up pretty pretty well right there. So if something like that happens, I'll be okay. Yeah, I I stay away from the spoilers. Have you read any spoilers or anything? No, uh, I've never read a spoiler for the show. I mean, no more than watching, you know, the previews for next week. Or sometimes I would look ahead and see what actor was going to be on, like look at IMDb or something to see if okay who who's going to be back towards the end of the season. But no plot lines. Yeah, I I, I stay away from that. I don't I don't enjoy that kind of stuff at all. Yeah, so, I, I, I'll be completely taken by surprise whatever happens. But, I mean, if they move to Philadelphia, I mean, I'll hate that. Well, I was about to ask, do you think they're going to, like, be standing shoulder to shoulder, arms around each other, looking at Beaumont or whatever it was, Braymore University, <laughs> at, at the dean of admissions office? And, you know, uh, If they leave Texas, that's unacceptable. Wow. So you're saying even if they go take the job in uh Oh, no, Florida, no, no, no. Excuse me. If they leave <laughs> – if he's not coaching football, then that is unacceptable to me. Uh, you know, Tammy's playing cold and hard right here, and I understand why. But at the same time, it's 
she's wanting to get rid of football, it seems like. And I'm almost wondering if they're going to split up. I mean, I, I know they won't split up. I say that. I don't see how they would. But if I didn't know there's another – if I thought there was another season to come, I could see them, you know, separating for a bit. Because she seems I, dyed in the wool hard and fast, ready to take this job at this university. I know, and I know the logical side of me in thinking with my head. I understand, but I hate it anyway. <laughs> I hate it that she keeps uh, harping on that she's been a coach's wife for 18 years and all that kind of stuff. But she completely has every right to do it, but I still hate it. Well, it still may be the single biggest jump in a job, you know, stature ever from being guidance counselor at East Dillon your first year there they both were offered these incredible promotions within the course of this season yeah and dean of students at that college is still would not compare in salary to the job Eric was offered with the house in Florida and all that stuff oh think back to this was it no was it last episode how many football games did they play In that episode, three or four? Three. They covered three playoff games. And it started with him coming back from uh, Texas, right? I mean, excuse me, from Florida to Texas, wasn't it? Or that the week before? How long is this, I can't remember. How long is this yeah. school, this university, going to wait on this high school coach to accept the job or not? Because if there were three games last week, then, then that's three weeks. There's no way that a, a university is going to wait for him to say yes or no that long. Uh, yeah, probably not. Not for a high school coach. But, I mean, he already turned him down, though. Remember, he turned him down like the first week of the playoffs. Oh, I didn't know he ever actually turned them down. I don't know. He said, "I'm staying here." Well, I mean, he said it at the he said it at the press conference or whatever. Or no, I mean, not the press conference when he's walking to the bus. Right, and that was just like an off the cuff comment. I thought I didn't think that was anything official. And that was before. Oh, I, thought, I thought it was official. They played triumphant music. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I thought that's also before he realized that they were. Possibly not going to have a team, wasn't it? Uh, that was that was before all that stuff came down the pike, I think. Yeah, and that that's another thing that bothered me. And of course, we're the negative Nancys, I guess, but it, it bothered me to where they're literally going to have this press conference or the school board meeting to figure out who's going to have the next team or not, right before they're going to play the biggest game ever, like literally two I- days early. I, I agree with I, – I think it was Billy that said there's no way they're going to get rid of the team that's playing for the state championship. I don't see how that would even be on the table in Texas in a town like Dillon. Like, they're right on the verge of winning the state championship. I don't see how they would possibly – I'm not saying they would cut uh, West Dillon either, but they would find a way to keep that team. The only thing I can think of is if the main – I guess people with the most clout there in Dillon are with the Dillon Panthers. And they realize that the talent that actually is on the team at East Dillon, and if they ax that team, then they can bring the studs from East to West and, and combine them and then have just a juggernaut. Maybe so. I mean, I, I can't see them facing that team. Now, this is Texas, the highest level of Texas uh High school football. Wouldn't they cut the drama department and the swim team and everything else they could yeah. to yeah, save yeah. the football team? I mean, they'd be firing teachers. Right. Uh, the whole town hall meeting was just utterly stupid, though. Well, it gave me an excuse to play Devil Town. 
<laughs> yeah, I was, I was glad to hear hear that come back. Yeah, I kind of liked it too. I think they played that in the second episode ever, and then they played it in the second to last episode ever. So. Yeah, because that was that big kinda, montage they had. Liked it. At the end of the second episode, it's like almost like a little two minute thing that ended with them kicking the ball in the air. Yeah, the town hall meeting was too small too. I would think that there would be just you know thousands of people at that in support of the football team. Now, uh, what do you think about Tyra being back in Dylan? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I, I just, it didn't affect me one way or the other. To I you, didn't she, mind it, but uh, she was never one of my favorite characters or anything. She's no lie. Huh? Uh, no, <laughs> I thought it was a little forced. Her and Tim hooking up. Yeah. Like, I don't remember them ever having this great spark or having this thing for each other outside of, like, the first two or three episodes of the series. Right. It always seemed like uh, Lila and Tim were drawn to each other much more, you know? Yeah, I think they're just, like, you know, friends with benefits at times versus actually having a relationship. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, it was almost like, oh, you know, you're the one I've always wanted. They didn't say that, but that's... They were trying to, kind of trying to force some things with that, like to tie up loose ends and put the characters together and stuff. Wouldn't it have made a lot more sense to you if he'd have wound up with Lila? Yeah, yeah. And then she, something happens with her and Landry. Well, yeah, I could, I could buy either of those things. I mean, Landry and her had a much longer thing, I mean, much longer storyline and history together and everything. He got her in college, basically. Yeah, I... I don't know. That seemed a little forced to me, but the whole Tim Riggins thing seems forced to me right now. Yeah, just to go into Alaska or not, and then I don't know. I guess he's not going at this point. Yeah, his whole—I don't know—his whole storyline. I thought it would be—I don't know about better, but like more enjoyable. He's acting like a Vietnam vet who's going crazy coming back. Like Apocalypse Now, he's running out in the middle of the night throwing his mattress out of the trailer for no reason. And stuff. Yeah, that made no sense at all. <laughs> they didn't elaborate on it at all. He's just gone nuts. He's I'm threatening to beat people up in the bar because they call him Jailbird. He's got thin skin. What did you think of uh, yeah. his, his, his conversation with Luke? He was like, do you love her? What? He says, I care about her, well, but no, I don't love her. Luke actually said, are you in love with her? Which is just a strange way for a high school kid to talk. That's true. Does anybody say they're in love with anybody in high school like that? Uh, no guys. The high school junior? Yeah. <laughs> no guys ever did. Uh, uh, the, the, best, the best Tim moment of the episode, though, was when he just goes, are you trying to ask if I was raped in prison? <laughs> Which... Because no, I wasn't. Uh, I kind of like that. I don't know why. That I think that's something. I think we even joked about it before. It's right. It's like the first thing you think about if somebody gets out, you know. How, ba- how bad terrible, was it? But, how bad yeah, was it? It's, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I've had some. Uh, I knew a dude in high school who got locked up, and you know that was kind of what we all talked about when he wasn't around. Wow. But, I mean, <laughs> I thought it was funny that he just <laughs> straight up addressed it like that. But that's so Tim Riggins, though. Well, it would have actually explained how... It's yeah. the only thing that I can really think of is how crazy he's acting. Punching that's... his brother and throwing his mattress and all that stuff. 
You would have thought he'd been locked up forever. He hasn't been locked up that long. Right. Less than a year. No, it's like eight or nine months. Yeah. It was like a school year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Coach finally hugged somebody. We've been lo- looking all season, all series long for him to finally <laughs> hug somebody. He hugged Vance at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think we feel forced because we know he's only a junior, and I think they kind of back themselves into the corner. If he was a senior, it'd make a lot more sense all the recruiting that's going on. But they've dropped him like a, you know, just like a stone, it seems like. Yeah, you know what is kind of frustrating about the whole Vince as a junior, they, just the whole thing, is I think if they had one more season, I think that would be an awesome storyline. Right. With the two teams combined and the coach having to bring East and West together and being back in the blue and yellow. Wouldn't that be an awesome season? They could combine their colors, be blue and red. <laughs> I don't know. They just have this juggernaut team. I mean, that when Buddy and him are sitting – by the, or standing by the field at night, and Buddy's explaining to him, you know, you could win six, you could win three championships in six years. That's never been done, and all this kind of stuff. I'm, I started getting excited. I'm like, this would be great if they had another season. And that this was a great, awesome. That was a great line, though, too. And uh, Coach said, "Buddy, you're an sob." You know, yeah. <laughs> he just walked off, and, and Buddy just kind of grinned. grinned like, right. I love that Buddy kind of reverted back into. Uh, his uh, boosterism that he can't fake, like immediately. He's like, I think it's a survival mode. You have Vince, a quarterback. You have the best play, you know, the best team in the state. All this kind of stuff. Buddy Junior be on the sidelines. Yeah, but <laughs> it just frustrated me because I'm like, man, that would be such a great season. That would be an awesome storyline. That would be, and that would be like the logical to me way to end the series mm-hmm. is to have one more season, having back at at Dylan and winning the state championship and going – because it really is a big leap to have him as the head coach of a college program. How to be still in. But, but – Even so. It's not a big – it's not as big a leap to have him be like, oh, he's he's going to go down as the best high school coach in Texas. You know, he's going to win three championships in six years. Well, we've got like, – I mean, think about even locally here in Mississippi where, you know, 30 minutes away from where I am, and, and you know where I'm talking about, they've won, what – five state championships in the last seven years at South Panola. Yeah. And they're the number one team in the country this year. And I still would never believe that they would – I mean, I think he's probably a great coach, but I don't think that they would take him to be the head coach of a university immediately. No, absolutely not. And, I mean, I just immediately – I'm so frustrated because I immediately started thinking of how great a story that – I'd love to see him, you know, like coach like the McDonald's – I mean, the, uh, the Army All-American game or something. Right. You know, and like have uh, – play Vince over J.D. McCoy in that game or something. Like, I would love it if they did another season and did stuff like that with him back at uh, back at the coach of the Panthers. We should be oh, writers. Well. Oh, it would be great, wouldn't it? I mean, that would be <laughs> the greatest season. That would be so great if we could see him stick it to the McCoys and all that, or maybe meet, meet the McCoys in the state championship game and just, you know, plow over them. Did it seem a little manufactured that in the middle of the field scene between – Luke and Vince and Tinker and Buddy Jr. They're throwing the football and you know it seems like they're trying to push the way it used to be with Saracen and Smash and Street and Riggins. Yeah, I mean that's that was I mean that's kind of a cliche. 
that because they, they've done it on that show before, and you know, it's like Days and Confused, all those movies. Yeah, the team always ends up getting drunk on the fifty. Right, but the thing that bothered around. me yeah. about it was that after all the legal issues that they've had with their names being on the news and on you know whatever website that was created, they're still pretty brazen to go out there in public and drink on the fifty yard line like that. Yeah, it, well, some of those relationships with those particular players seems kind of forced too, because a lot of those guys haven't had much screen time. Like when you saw Saracen and Riggins and all those guys doing that same thing, but we don't really know anything about Tinker or Hastings, Hastings or Buddy Jr., and they're all in that scene too, you know? Right. So, I mean, I can, I can live with it. I mean, maybe that's just what you do with Dylan. Maybe that's tradition. The team leaders end up getting drunk right before the state championship on the 50. One of the other things, it did seem a little bit forced. One of the other things that stuck out to me was that uh, when Tammy got back from Philadelphia, she she you know waited until the next day to tell him at school that she was offered the job. Like she couldn't tell him that night when they lay down in bed together or at breakfast the next morning. She waited till he was in his office and she was at school to tell him that. Oh yeah, by the way, they offered me the the, the job and I'd really like to take it. And he's just like, oh, I don't want to talk about it right now. It's. I mean, there's no way you wait that long to tell something like that. There's no way you don't call from Philadelphia on your cell phone to tell them. Yeah, she, uh, as soon as the door closed behind her in that interview, she probably would have called him. Oh, yeah. And he would have said, all right. <laughs> and that would have been the whole conversation. Sure. <laughs> Julie, does Julie ever go to school? Uh, well, she must have done something right because she finished her exams early. Or, or you're saying that maybe she didn't even do that. Huh, I never thought I of that. No, I don't remember ever going back to school from Chicago. Well, we missed her the last two or three episodes, remember? Yeah, and that covered, uh, those episodes covered, you know, four or five weeks because they went through all those playoff games in a week. But she missed two or three weeks with all the crazy business, and then she goes back and finishes her exams early, so she must be a genius. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I seem to remember her being academically advanced, wasn't it? When she wasn't that a big deal when she transferred over to East. Yeah, because her programs weren't as good. She was really good at school and stuff. She and Jess and Landry are all on that academic SmackDown team or whatever it's called. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. But uh, I forgot all about that. So we saw her a little bit, not not a whole lot, but she was smiling and pleasant. So there, I mean, I'm like, okay, she's she's back in in. You know the swing of things. I guess she's not the I depressed guess like, And I guess also it's Christmas break, and we just didn't realize it. I didn't realize it until Matt drug the Christmas tree in. Yeah, so that's I what, guess you'd be home for Christmas. That's my wife said. It's Christmas. I'm like, well, you know, they, it's about to play a state championship game. That's always in December, anyhow. <laughs> They're all still sweating all the time, though. <laughs> I, mean, I guess Tim's running around no shirt on. It's Christmas. Oh yeah, he he and Lyle are out in their lawn chairs, you know, watching yeah, the sunrise Tim, or sunset. Yeah. Tim has that sleeves on. Coach is always sweating. And he's always got his little I, shorts on, too. Yeah, I guess that's why I didn't realize it was Christmas. Well, there's, it doesn't look cold by any means. I mean, it wasn't It wasn't but a couple of weeks ago that the whole team was running in shorts and cut-off shirts and stuff in their front yard. So, Well, yeah, even when they were there on the on the 50-yard line, though, they were in shorts, weren't they? Yeah. I know they are in short so sleeves. I guess, I guess it never really uh, – but, I mean, it makes sense. We, As much as we follow football stuff, we should have realized that playoffs are, you know, cold mm-hmm. weather. But they just, I guess the time of year they filmed it. 
or they're just assuming that everybody thinks Texas is hot all the time. Well, speaking of Matt coming in, he still looks like an old man compared to everybody else. <laughs> he really aged a lot. I mean, he almost, he looks older than Riggins almost. Yeah, he does. He's gotten a lot thicker too. But uh, he never could have played the the underdog quarterback before because he's too thick. It was a sad moment though when Grandma Saracen asked, "Is your dad coming home too?" Um, he, he he played it well, like, uh, no, no, Grandma, he's not here. But still. Grandma Saracen actually is another who's never looked quite old enough to be as uh, suffering from dementia and everything right. as she is. She looked like she, when the show first started, she was like she could be his mom. I yeah. Thought. Yeah. And wasn't his but, dad, though, on, uh, on Lost? Who was his dad on Lost? One of the one of the others. Or maybe I'm thinking of uh Riggins' dad. No, Riggins' dad was Uncle Rico, wasn't he? Uh no, 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 no. Riggins' dad was on Lost. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um Yeah, uh I guess they're just trying to kind of swoop in with all the old characters. They've done a pretty good job of it. They haven't most of it hasn't really felt forced. I think Tyra felt forced a little bit. Yeah. Landry's I mean, supposed they, to be back. Hit, oh, is he? Yeah. Well, I mean, see that he's only a year removed. I mean, a school year. A semester. He's only like six months. Yeah. So Over it looks like they're all going to be in the state championship too. Which I mean, that seems realistic to me. Yeah, if you're especially if you're a player, they, they didn't all play for East, but they were all like Matt and Coach had a very close relationship. Yeah, so, he's going to be I there mean, with Julie though. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, any of them that he had a close relationship with would probably come back to watch him. I mean, it's state championships, a big deal in Texas. You it's know, true. they're playing in the Cotton Bowl, aren't they? Didn't I see that? On the yeah, that, at the Jerry Dome. No, that that was the old Cotton Bowl. Oh, I it was think. the old one? I thought they were the new. I one. believe so. Okay. No, I think they're playing at the old Cotton Bowl. Well, it's a little like looking at the previous events through a pass that went about four hundred yards in the air. Yeah, I know. It showed everybody looking at it. I assume that's going to be the last play of the game. It's super slow motion. And they're down six, or they're down five. We'll say they're down five. I'm hoping for a good coach speech. I was glad to see Tyra's mom pop back up also. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, her daughter's about to have twins. Yeah. Mindy. It doesn't look good. I don't know if they'd hire – Billy is the coach at uh, of the Panthers. Right. And then uh, Luke getting recruited by Warnfield State. <laughs> His stock really dropped, huh? He must have had a terrible senior year. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he was all state running back the year before. Now he's going to this little I Division three. Kind of, what are they, Division three? Yeah. They don't even give scholarships in Division three, do they? Not athletic, but they can always find like leadership and. You know, yeah. citizenship and things like that 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 is you know throw some money at their athletes. It happens. I don't really. Yeah, I I, I remember now the scandal at Mississippi College <laughs> when they had like a hundred guys on scholarship or whatever. Well, I think they were D two um, at that time when that when that got ripped away they? from. Yeah, because um, oops, sorry, but they had won the uh, national title that year, the D two title. Um, I don't understand. Also, it seems like uh, a small school like that would be the kind of place that uh, Luke would want to play. 
to excel. Like we, tell them, hey, we we just we, you know we got you can go bass fishing and do all that. that kind of seems like the stuff Luke would be into. Right. I don't see why he's so down on that. He never seemed like he was really into the big time glamour of it all. I think he's before. somewhat jealous of Vince's attention though. Still, whether even though it seems that he and Vince are are back close to friends and all, but I think he's just going through a lot. Of course, he you know. He was pretty cold to Becky, which I don't really care. But at the same time, he pretty much cut her heart out and threw it on the ground. <laughs> Why don't you put that in a little poem? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cold-blooded, man. <laughs> I like the way he's always doing some random work on the farm that doesn't actually look like work. They're just like... Working on that they ranch. Hand a, they hand him a ranch, and they're like, uh... Go do something with this. Make it look like it's work. <laughs> like a writer who's never been on a farm or something. He was sweating, <laughs> though. Like, yeah, he's like sweating at Christmas time in the middle of the night. Holding a ranch to a fence. Right. <laughs> Let me go put that in a little poem. <laughs> she told him to. That <laughs> tripped me out, though. It was so harsh. Hey, how about Riggins' advice to him? It's like the worst advice I've ever heard. Which one was that? <laughs> he's like, if I tell you what to do, it would be play state like it's the last time oh, you yeah. ever lace him up. And then just let it go. Don't ever look back. Instead of like, oh, go to college, take the scholarship, and play football. Yeah, well, that was probably good advice from Tim there. Go get a college degree. Hey, he left it all on the field, even though they lost it. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, is that? I didn't know if that was supposed to be inspirational and wise, but I was like, that's the worst advice I've ever heard. Your kid has a scholarship to college waiting on him. Riggins is like, be like me, go to prison, work in a bar. Right. <laughs> Live in a trailer and go insane. Well, I think we said that it was a slow episode, and I, I really don't have much else to talk about this one other than I'm interested to see what happens with uh, with this last week. Um, I can't really think of that much to it before. It seems like, they've, it seems like they're, they're uh, narrowing their focus yeah. yeah, on all the main characters. There's hardly any... Uh, of the secondary characters had anything to do the last couple of weeks. No, uh, it wasn't much to have to do with Vince's dad. He he, he wasn't even in this episode at all. Uh, he's in the previews uh, for next week when he tries to get him to uh, come to his, his football game, give him some tickets or what have you. Uh, you got any predictions for how it's going to end? Uh, I think they win state. Uh, yeah, I do too. I mean, I, to me, that's a given, but... In terms of uh, what do you think is going to happen with Tammy and Eric? Right, right. I don't know. I I, I think they stay in Dylan. I, I think they do too. Uh, I, I saw uh, one of the previews for some movie. I can't remember which one. It was on during the Super Bowl. It looks like Coach is in a new movie. I guess he's moving on. Good big film career now. Well, he's been in a few things, but they've been minor. Uh, he was in King Kong. I remember that. But he was in Kingdom. It looked, uh, yeah, I saw that and immediately forgot about it. Oh, he died it made early. No impression on me whatsoever. I didn't. I don't remember liking it or being interested in it. Um, he's, it looks like he's the star of some big blockbuster type thing. Super Eight. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, it's supposed to come out later. I was this too. Year. I was too uh, fascinated by the Captain America thirty second preview. It's, it's a J.J. Abrams movie. Super Eight is. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, well, I'll probably check it out then. So, but, uh, I really like Cloverfield. 
Yeah, I think they're supposed to have a, a Cloverfield part two at some point. Oh, and I like Star Trek also, and I hate Star Trek movies, but I like that one. Did you like MI3? Mission yes, Impossible uh, 3. And, and strangely, that's the only one of the Mission Impossible movies that I like. <laughs> I own that one, and I don't own the other two. Well, <clears throat> I think that about does it for us. I'm actually, uh, I was able to have a conversation with Jeff Rosnick, who plays Buddy Jr., and so I'm going to go to that interview right here, and then we'll be back and uh, say our goodbyes. So with us today is Jeff Rosick, who plays Buddy Jr. as actually a new addition to the Friday Night Lights um, show this this final season, the season five. Welcome, Jeff. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Uh, we're glad to be able to have a conversation with you and get a little bit of your insight into what makes Friday Night Lights be the quality show that it is. Um, on the front end, I, I, what what was it for you that got you into acting in the first place? Um, you know, I, just from a, from a young age, I've always enjoyed uh, t- telling stories. And whether it's goofing around the house, like being the class clown, or uh, I, I kind of was. Uh, well, I guess here, we'll take a side story here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, when I was in the first grade, that's when I got my first and only detention. Um, because uh, for some reason, I had this fascination with blurting out this, the song, Hallelujah. And I thought it was hilarious. I'd get a few laughs, and it drove the teacher insane. So finally, she she made it serious and was like, I need you detention, and that sort of shut me up. But I don't know. I, I guess maybe that was sort of the, the germ of the whole thing. That I was in you know plays uh, ever since then, uh, ever since I can remember, and uh, and then just doing little things here and there. And, it's yeah, it's just about telling stories and, and jazzing me up. So yeah, that's kind of you- where it all began. Were you a drama or a theater major in college? Yeah, yeah, I was. Okay. I, uh, I majored in theater, and um, it was really cool because I didn't go to a, a theater school uh, per se. It had a theater department, but um, uh, it was really cool because there wasn't a big theater department. Therefore, I got I got one-on-one attention with great professors kind of whenever I wanted um, and developed these really solid relationships with uh with them and and uh, and kind of I don't know I, I I felt I got a really really great uh, education and some great training and so yeah I was doing plays throughout throughout college and and learned kind of the the whole scheme of thing of putting on a play or a production in general you know from from finding the script to funding it and, and putting it on in town not with the university and, right uh, with a couple of friends and. And that, that's quite a humbling experience to, to have to do all of that work, you know, to, to tell a story you're really passionate about. It's, it's educating and or educational, and, uh, <clears throat> and it's really cool. It makes you kind of appreciate the art even more. So. Now, had you watched Friday Night Lights before you actually auditioned and became a part of the cast? Um, yes, a little bit, but uh, quite a while ago. I okay. I remember seeing the movie and loved the freaking movie. It was great. Okay. And then uh, I saw the uh, the pilot and a couple episodes, and it not not because I didn't like it or anything. I thought it was a great show, but sort of life, you know, happened and I got busy with other stuff. So right, uh, you know, I didn't quite watch TV for for a period of time regularly. So. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, it kind of fell out of my uh, my view, um, but yeah, and then a few years later, I get this 
get this audition notice for a character named Buddy Jr. <laughs> so, yeah, I was going to ask how it was that you actually, you know, became aware of and got a part on the show. But is for the trying out for the role of Buddy Jr. Was it the final tryout? Did you have to go actually before like Peter Berg? Uh, no, I didn't have to go okay. before Peter Berg. But um, I I went and auditioned with Linda Lowy casting uh-huh. and. Um, of course, before I went in the audition, I, I did my research. I looked up, checked it out, checked the show out and stuff. And okay, Buddy Buddy Garrity Jr. is Buddy Garrity's son. And then I I saw Brad Leland, a picture of him. And I was like, whoa, huh? Well, maybe we kind of look alike. Yeah, you do favor. And <laughs> what's that? I said the two of you do favor. At least I mean, I've I've seen other photos of you, but especially the way they make you look on the show, there is a resemblance for sure. Yeah, yeah, and so I, I, I thought, well, you know, maybe, maybe this, this might work, who knows, so I, uh, I went into the audition, and and um, it was it was uh, Linda Lowy casting, it was Linda and her partner John, and um, and then just uh, one of their assistants who was reading, and they were putting on camera, and um, I, I, I felt great in the audition, had fun, and when I was leaving, I was about 15 minutes uh, away from from having left, and I get this call saying, "Hey, uh, casting wants to hold you. We have to wait for network approval." And it's like, "Whoa, my gosh!" I mean, because yeah. this is my first big opportunity, um, and it was sort of like, "Okay, what is going on? Is this, is this for real?" <laughs> so um, it was just sort of a roller coaster from then, you know, from zero to sixty from right there. So um, that's kind of that was the audition experience. Well, from talking with you right now and listening to your voice, and then hearing Buddy Junior's voice on the television show, you've you've obviously uh, you're good at a, a Southern accent or a Texas accent to put on for the show because there's you know there's there's different differences in just listening to to you and the difference between your character right now. So you do a good job with that. Oh well, thank you. <laughs> what's the uh, what's been the best? I guess the best part about your experience with Friday night lights, because I've heard many people say that they've worked in different movies and different television shows before, whether big or small parts, but there's to them, there's still something unique about the cast crew and just the atmosphere with the television show, Friday night lights. What, what's been your biggest takeaway from the time there? Uh, probably the one word I'd sum the whole experience up is family. Uh, from the day I, I got to Austin, um, it was just every, that that cast and crew is the the most amazing group of people, and they're they're good both in nature and uh, in their craft. Uh, and it's it's just it's electric with them, and everything's so easy. I mean, they they've they've been doing it for five, you know five seasons. Right. They've definitely got it down to kind of the science and everything. But how welcoming they were, and how just just down to earth everyone was. It made for an incredible experience. That I mean, you couldn't ask for a better experience and a better group of people to get to know um, and work with. And uh, so, and and that's truly what it felt like. You know, when you're there with a group of people for there long enough, it's it's sort of a little family. And and I feel very blessed to have been uh, welcomed into it and given the opportunity to take part in something as special that they have. So. Well, um, the guys and I, Russ and Lyle, that do the podcast with me, we when we were seeing the the first few episodes of this fifth season, you know, come along, and then we we see Buddy, you know, talking to his wife, saying, "I got to bring him home," and, and everything. And I was thinking, okay, Buddy Junior is going to come back and be 
like, you know, the star linebacker or fullback. And, you know, it, it may still happen. You may, like, score the winning touchdown in the state championship game <laughs> or something where, like, he's going to come back, he's going to be a football player. And then when your character actually comes in, he didn't care anything about football at all, it sounded like. Um, but has, has that been a challenge? I mean, are you – to play football as a – with the cameras and everything like that going on, has it been a lot different from just, you know, your own experiences with sports growing up? Um, I actually, it was, it was very odd when I, when I got to set, uh, on my first football practice day, um, it, first of all, you're on location. So it, there's not, it doesn't feel like a set or like you're filming or anything. And, um, it, it totally, I felt like I was in, in high school again because I played uh, high school football. Uh-huh. Um, for, for three years and, uh, and I played rugby as well. And, um, it, <laughs> it felt so real. It was, it was the weirdest thing. And so it was very nostalgic. Um, but it, it was kind of easy to kind of slip back into that, you know, that muscle memory of everything. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it was pretty cool. I mean, it was like, wow, this is a, a chance to kind of relive this. And so I just like, all right, sit back and, you know, Enjoy every moment of this, Jeff. <laughs> now, can you say without spoiling anything, does does Buddy Jr. make it back onto the field? Of course, right now we know he's got a bum ankle. And if you can't say, I understand. But uh, I think it's going to be sad if, if he goes out doing the haka and that's the last time we get to see him on the field, you know, with uh, with the Dillon, with the East Dillon Lions. Um, let's see. I, I, I can't say. Okay, that's fine. But, but – the, what happens, though, I think is uh, it's a very cool, cool development of the of the situation. That um, let's see, I'm kind of tiptoe here. Sure, that's fine. <laughs> uh, it's it, it helps tell a really cool story. I think. Yeah. Well, I can um, tell. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I, was, I could just tell from not this past week's, but the week before when when your character did get hurt that just the conversation that, that he and his dad had, that Buddy Jr. and Buddy had, you know, like there, there was some disappointment and then there was some disappointment because he disappointed his dad. And, you know, and so I, I kept thinking, I need I need more of that relationship. I want to see more of it because, the, you know, when Brad Leland chased you down and pulled you off the fence and looked like he wanted to, you know, knock the, you know, you know, smile off your face, whatever, you know, the first episode, I think you were there, but instead you just almost like endearingly stroked your head and was like, I love you, son. I want to help you. I thought there's gotta be something big happen in this storyline. They won't let that happen without something big occurring later on. So I'm looking, I'm looking towards, you know, buddy and buddy junior being able to be, uh, you know, on the forefront again of the plot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, to start out with it's, it's, uh, it's, it's buddy's chance that it's, um, you know, some uh, reconciliation here and with with his son and so you've got this non-existent relationship just like maybe the spark of hope to, to have something between them and and uh it, it's it's cool how you know buddy jr bums his foot out and it's it's kind of like it doesn't seem like it's going to plan and right. I, I think that that makes for a more dramatic story between them it's like all right we don't just you know this isn't going to be maybe the the typical formula fixes everything man this is actually going to take some you know some elbow grease and really really getting to know each other and 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 almost too being okay with being okay with each other and uh so 
What is it like working with Brad Leland? Oh, gosh, he's the coolest guy in the world. <laughs> he is so great. Um, when I, let's see, it was, uh, it was my first day on set, the second day I was in Austin. And um, so I get to my uh, get to my little trailer, and, and I still had the door open. I was just putting my, my backpack down, and <clears throat> I hear this from behind me. Jeff, is that you? And, and I turned around. And across the, this parking lot was Brad getting out of his car, and he's kind of fast walking over to me. He's like, oh, my gosh, it's you. Oh, my gosh. It's so <laughs> great to meet you. It's so, so great to see you. And, and, and he said, I wanted to make sure that I was the first one to welcome you to the set. And, and it was like, wow, what a, what a cool guy. Yeah. I mean, right from the get-go. And, and uh, we I felt like we immediately kind of hit it off and, and just sort of started um, you know, riffing with each other. And uh, we we pretty much right away we shot all of our stuff in that one day for that for that episode, um, and so it was sort of like jumping right into the deep end, and it was really cool because he 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 helped me along. He was like showing kind of showing me the the geography of of the whole family of Friday Night Lights. Right. So that was pretty cool, and uh, and yeah, we we became pretty fast friends and after after shooting some days as soon as like all right cut that's cut for the day he'd say all right Jeff, let's go back grab back to eat like yeah. all right let's do it so uh it was great i mean he, he just he's a great actor and he's a great human being and and uh yeah i mean keep in touch and and uh yeah. i was i was able to talk with him last year um, interview him as well and I mean he he seems as Brad Leland seems just as likable and comfortable to be around as the character you know Buddy Garrity is and he was like you said just somebody that you could kick back and, and talk as if you've known forever it sounded like you know the conversation that we were able to have with him and he seems like somebody that would be great to you know watch a ball game with or go eat some ribs with or you know just enjoy you know just enjoy hanging out with and so I assumed that that was a good relationship there on set with him he seems almost like the uh you know the ambassador of sorts for you know a lot of the publicity you see for Friday Night Lights yeah 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 absolutely you you, you said it you summed it up he's just and he's got so many great stories and and could, he could just tell his story after story over over ribs or something. So right. yeah, he's he's a great guy. He's did, a great guy. Did you have many one on one scenes at all, or even in the same scene with um, Kyle Chandler? Um, because he seems a little more serious, a little more you know intense. Um, you mean as a person or? As an actor, well, or... I, even as, as Kyle Chandler, I mean, of course, you know, Coach Taylor is a pretty driven and directive guy, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, even Kyle Chandler seems like he's not as laid back as Brad Leland, obviously. Well, yeah, well, sure. I mean, you know, who is Brad, Brad is just sort of like everybody's cool, I love everybody. Not to say that, that Kyle isn't like that, but um, I never really had any one on one uh scenes with Kyle, probably the closest would be. Uh, that first ep- my first episode where uh, um, Buddy brought me to you know he suited me up and and Kyle says you know hey hang or Coach says hey I gotta hang on to you guys I gotta go check a check a, a kid out right and so he comes out and I'm throwing the football with you know with Dad and uh, and that was kind of the only real scene that I've had one on one I guess you could say but not really um, but he he. <laughs> He, Kyle's cool. He, he's he's just um, kind of 
he's laid back and and he's, he's very clever, very witty, and it's really fun to see him and Connie uh, uh-huh. kind of riff riff with each other because I mean their chemistry. I mean it's amazing. You see it on screen, but even in, in life, you know, in between takes and at lunch or whatever, it's just you know. After five it, years, it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're they're the best of friends, and uh, and yeah. So, great guy. He's he's really cool, and you know, it was actually a really cool experience. I uh, we had to do a, a promo photo shoot uh, on a Saturday, I believe, and um, I think it was a Saturday. Uh, anyway, and that morning they had announced the uh, the Emmy Award nominations, and Kyle and Connie had both been nominated, so. We go to this photo shoot, and Brad, Kyle, and Connie were going to go uh, grab a bite to eat afterward, and, and Brad was like, oh, hey, Jeff, you know, why, don't you, why don't you come along? So I was like, all right, cool, cool. So uh, we, it was just kind of – it was really cool. It was just the four of us, and we went to this uh, little Mexican restaurant that was outside in beautiful, gorgeous Austin with, you know, some faint acoustic live music, and it was really cool sort of being a fly on the wall uh-huh. And uh, at the same time, getting to to know all three of them better, and just sort of watching their chemistry, it's like, man, you, you, these and they've just been nominated for an Emmy, and then they they both kind of cheer their drinks. They're like, oh yeah, congratulations! Oh yeah, congratulations! <laughs> that was that was probably the surreal experience for you. I mean, it, as being it, one of the newest people, yeah, on, for the show, and here you are getting to be almost like the the trinity of Friday Night Lights. You know, the three that have been there the longest. Right, right, and I just I, I kept. Thinking to myself, like, is this really happening? I mean, my gosh, this is incredible. And and uh, and they're just real, down to earth, fun people to be around. And and a couple people would come up now and then to say, oh, we just loved your show. And to to Kyle, Connie, and Brad, and and uh, it was cool watching them kind of talk with with fans and people. And and before you know, it, we'd have a bigger group, and then it'd die down. And I don't know. So that that was just a really cool experience. That it's like, man, wow, this is. This is going in a memory book. <laughs> so, of course. Um, yeah. Now, was your time with Friday Night Lights and with Jason Kadem as a showrunner, was that your connection to be able to have a role? I mean, there's a smaller role, at least, obviously, but still on Parenthood that showed, what, a couple of weeks back? Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, he His office called me up and said that they wanted me to come in and audition for a for part on it. And that was just phenomenal. It was great. All right. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, I got that opportunity and had a, had a great time working on that show. Um, again, it's, it's, it's very similar to the, to the Friday night lights, uh, uh, experience. I mean, well, in so much as it's a great group of people to work with. Yeah. And, uh, and so that was yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I've been curious, knowing that Kadem's is running both of the shows, and I've noticed some of the similarities, even in the, in the I guess, in how it's shot. I don't know if it's, it has the three cameras with you know no blocking and no marks and everything exactly the same as you know Friday Night Lights. But I, I did hear I can't remember one of the one of the teenagers on the show um, saying that they that just like Friday Night Lights, they do offer them opportunity as an actor to kind of take the scene not where they want to go but use their own dialogue and kind of input a little bit of their own i I guess you know their character's personality and allow some freedom there do you you see similarities as as far as like you don't have a set spot you have to go hit your mark and make sure you you know you're paying attention to the blocking and everything are those are those similar the two shows 
Oh, very, very. Um, in, in FNL, I, I, there, there were never really any marks I, I, from what I can remember. But uh, in Parenthood, there were marks. But, but in general, yes, to answer your question is absolutely yes. It was, it's so cool. It is so cool having, having the luxury of three cameras because you really don't have to worry about finding the camera or, you know, hitting your marks or anything right. like that. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's really cool to be able to have freedom to kind of let the, let the scene maybe take a different direction. You know, you still have to get from A to B. Right. Uh, but you, you can take, let it kind of happen organically and let it take, take some twists and turns here and there by filling in the spaces with whatever comes to mind. And that's a really cool thing to <laughs> – uh, freedom to be granted by um, by directors and and um, and everybody else, and especially those three cameras. That yeah, so three cameras both on Friday Night Lights and Parenthood, all at once. And it's like okay, <laughs> they are they are shooting this. They they've got this covered. So yeah, yeah I've, it's pretty cool. I've asked people before. I said, is it? They, they say they really enjoy that style and that process. And I said, well, but does this ruin you? Now, if you go and do like a more traditional or more, you know, standard style of, of movie or standard style of, you know, television show. And they say, well, it's just, it's different. You got to kind of get your mindset there. And they said that one's not necessarily better than the other, but you can relax a little more. It seems like in the, the style, I don't know if that's directly attributed to Peter Berg or Jason Kadams or maybe even McMullen or whoever it was that first kind of, you know, set that up, but it, it is unique. And I've noticed even before I heard any interviews, I, I could kind of tell stylistically if the, the similarities were there between those two shows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, uh, let's see my, my first day on set, uh, producer Michael Waxman pulled me aside and sort of, you know, laid down the, the, the sort of what's going the lay of the land for me. Um, and sort of talked over things with me and he explained that our number one rule on the show on Friday Night Lights is, is, uh, know the script hundred percent know your character 110 percent um because we could be shooting from you know with a zoom lens from across the football field you know 100 yards away at you and you've got to be you know your character and so that's that's to to me it's like once actions you know you you get to be your character you get to tell that story you get to to play (laughs) and uh i think that's that's really cool i personally haven't had any experience with uh, with the more traditional uh, setup that you're you're talking about, but yeah. um, uh, you know, I I can I can understand how you know one's not necessarily better than the other. Um, they're just different techniques, and and that's kind of that. But um, yeah, the, the the experience I had with the whole shooting three cameras and and just being in character was was cool. So. Now, I assume that you celebrated big time Sunday night when one of your movies that you were in recently won the, the big Golden Globe, The Social Network. Yeah. yeah <laughs> now, yeah. without you, it probably wouldn't have won, I'm sure. But it was, you know, it was all attributed there to you. Oh, but, oh <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask what the experience was like, A, just being able to be a part of that, and then B, all the, all the press and the publicity this received over the last, you know, months and months. Has that been just amazing? Um, it's it's pretty cool. It, that that in itself was was really surreal too, because I I had gotten called in to to just do a, a little extra work for a day, and it, it's a story of how it pays to arrive on time. Yeah, literally. Time is everything. Um, right. I uh, I got to set. Uh, the call was I think like six 
6 a.m. and uh, I got there at at 5:45, and I think there were like three other three other people um, that were called that day, and and a couple other came right on time, and uh, one of the um, uh, I think it was like the second second assistant or something like that said, okay, well, you guys were the first here, so we're actually going to bump you up, and you guys are going to ad-lib some stuff. I was like, oh, really? Oh, <laughs> cool. So we got to kind of, I don't know, it was, it was beyond just sort of being in the background, and, and uh, I couldn't believe it. We, we, probably, we probably shot for about 45 minutes doing different takes of this really quick little scene, and sure enough, uh, when I saw the movie, it was like this, it's this three-second little clip that made it to the final cut where... I pointed at a computer and I'm like, left is hot. And I was like, oh, I can't believe it. That's amazing. I made it. Cool. So you were one of the guys in the dorm room there, right? At the very, probably the first, what, 15, 20 minutes of the movie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. After he's he's created that uh, face mesh and, you know, it's trickling throughout throughout the university. At like 3 a.m. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. And there's that montage of people checking it out. It was was a great movie. You know, when I first heard, that there was a movie about Facebook and how it started. I thought, well, I mean, that may be a good magazine article to read, but it would it really be a good movie to sit down and watch for, you know, hour and a half, two hours. But I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, I didn't walk away thinking that changed my life, but I thought that's, that was really, really good. So I, I was glad to see that it, uh, it did well the other night. And of course now the Oscar buzz is, is bouncing around too. So we shall see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it really, it really did a good job of capturing uh, the generation, um, you know, the whole decade, yeah. really. Uh, and it, it, yeah. Do you think Zuckerberg <laughs> is as socially awkward as he was portrayed in that movie, though? I mean, I know this is an opinion, but to me, it seems like he, he's probably a bit of a, you know, was a bit of a, you know, nerd at least by definition. But at the same time, I can't see him being quite that socially awkward and offsetting. I may be wrong. Wait, uh, is is Mark Zuckerberg as, as social awkward as who? As the character was portrayed, as he was portrayed in the movie. Um, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, well, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't know Mark Zuckerberg. Right. But, um, um, and I think I think if I'm if I'm correct that Jesse Eisenberger hasn't hasn't met Mark Zuckerberg yet, uh, and even before filming, I could be could be wrong, but I've yeah. heard that, and um, so. I don't know. I mean, there's there's a lot to the story. I've, I've also read and heard about that uh, is is has been created to you know help further the story. Yeah. So, um, of course, a lot of things are going to be heightened and everything. But I mean, bottom line, it's a really cool movie. Sure. And and, uh, and I thought I thought everyone did a great job. So you know, no wonder it it, it got that Golden Globe. So to me, Zuckerberg looks a lot more like uh, Matt Saracen than the uh, Zach Guilford than the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then uh, Jesse. That'd be played. an interesting one, yeah. Definitely, definitely. And then um, one other thing that people probably or may not know about you is not only are you, you know, skilled in acting, but you, you have a pretty strong musical background and do a lot of composing for uh, for television and movies. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, not a, not a whole lot for, uh, for television and movies. I'm, I'm sort of... Um, Still kind of breaking into that, trying to trying to make it a more consistent thing. But uh, I I took classical piano lessons uh, when I was in grade school, and this whole it was a whole formal thing. And uh, so I did the whole recital thing, and would get nervous before everything. I was like, Oh God, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't do this anymore. And then it would go fine. And and so I did that for for ten years, and and 
of course, at the time when I was younger, I just thought classical music, cool, <laughs> boring. Uh, but now it's just, it's gorgeous music. It's just amazing. And uh, from there, um, one day I, I was in a I was in a class and I was in a philo- I don't know I was in a philosophy class and it was just boring me to tears and I started zoning out and uh, I I put together this this action movie trailer in my head or, or uh-huh. something and uh, I kind of made up this this soundtrack for it and um, I had I had gotten this keyboard uh, a couple of years ago and and had some some rudimentary recording software. And so as soon as I got done with the class, I just went and then just banged this thing out. And it was like, whoa, this is, this is really cool. I, I, I really like this. You know, the, the strings, the, the huge timpani drums and, and the horns and just orchestral sound in general. And so I eventually got a little assistant job with a, uh, uh, a music licensing company um, and custom composition for commercial work. And... Um, a couple tracks, one for the promo for Boston Legal, uh-huh. and then um, I got to do a little 15-second or 30-second spot for the Beijing Olympics, a promo spot, and so that was really cool. And uh, sort of, it just sort of built off of that, and then I was doing my own little things on the side, and, and it kind of grew out of that. And um, I, now I'm sort of really, in the past couple of years, I've, I've tried to sort of teach myself more or less uh, – the whole film, like the long form, because there's, there's, it's, it's so different than 30 seconds to a whole, you know, yeah. movie. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's been a fun ride and a cool adventure and there's a lot more to, a lot more to experience. So is there one that you enjoy more as far as acting or composing? Um, they, I would say that they are neck and neck Gotcha. and, and majority of the, Time though acting is always inching inching ahead just a tiny little bit, a little so, faster. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But that's that's kind of that. Well, cool. I definitely appreciate uh, your time and just being able to talk through some Friday oh, Night things. And I I know that people are extremely excited over these uh, next. F- four episodes i mean i think it's, it's gonna be bittersweet because there are people that have been with the journey the whole you know five seasons and they they don't want to yeah. see it in but at the same time they're looking forward to it ending uh i guess in a, in a good way in a in a i think we've trusted the writers so much i think that we're looking forward just to seeing how it does end and so um and obviously seeing a little bit more of a buddy and buddy jr in their relationship there too definitely definitely well thank you so much i i, I appreciate this and and uh yeah, thank you for your time. Well, let us know if we can do anything to help you. Yeah, we'll do. Well, I think that about does it. And uh, we thank Jeff for being able to be a part and look forward to seeing him and some other things as well. And uh, you've heard a little bit of our predictions, but at the same time, I think Lyle and I both are a little curious of how things are actually going to wrap up. And so it's uh, something I want to see, but I hope I see it in a good light. <laughs>